Welcome to the DHG podcast series with a focus on life beyond numbers with topics about people, careers and flexibility. And now, here's your host, our Director of Corporate Communications and All Things Fun, Alice Gray Harrison. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of our DHG podcast series. I'm Alice Gray Harrison, your host, and I love this venue because we get to hear about the things that matter the most to us. Those are flexibility, careers, and of course, stories about our people. At DHG, we truly strive to be a great place to work for all, for everyone. And I see this in action each and every day. I'm fortunate enough to work with a lot of people across the firm, so I get to see a lot of what goes on. And one of the areas that we've really been focusing on is inclusion and diversity, and that is having an inclusive environment for all, for everyone. I was recently on our DHG blog, and I saw that nearly 20% of our population lives with a disability. And to define a disability, that means a physical or mental impairment that affects one or more daily life activities in a substantial way. And I just was floored by that. So what that told me is there are likely people that I work with who have disabilities that I may not even physically be able to see that they have disabilities. And so when I thought about how we could shed a light on living with disabilities, I thought about my friend and colleague, Keith Giddens, whose son, Sammy, lives with disabilities. Keith is a tax partner, and and Keith, a little pressure here, one of the greatest storytellers that you'll ever meet, so no pressure. And I knew he would be a great person to interview and help us understand on a deeper level what it means to live with disabilities or special needs. Welcome, Keith. Thank you, Alice Great, and it's just a pleasure to be here, and I appreciate the firm and you kind of shedding light on this Disability Awareness Month and giving me the opportunity to be here. It is a little bit of significant pressure on the greatest storyteller. <laughs> I'm not sure I can live up to that today, but I will do my best. <laughs> okay, so maybe stories for another time over a cup of coffee if you run into to Keith in the office. But So let's begin by talking about your family. Can you tell us a little bit about your family? Perhaps I know that, that Sammy's adopted, so the adoption journey, and then share with us about his needs. Yeah, absolutely. So I have two children, Sammy, who you're mentioning, who is just turned 10, and Nellie Kate, who is five. Sammy was actually adopted from China while we were living overseas several years ago and then fell in love with him, of course, and and made that permanent in the journey back across uh, to the United States. And then Nellie Kate is five. She's a biological child, neurotypical, developed with no disabilities. Sammy, as you mentioned, has, has had a number of challenges in his life. Initially, it was only aware of some physical limitations. Uh, He had cleft lip and cleft palate, and he also had a number of other physical limitations, most of which we believe have been corrected through surgeries. So far in his life right now, he's had 13 surgeries. We know we have a couple of more to go, mostly which though would be cosmetic at this stage. However, as some of his peers began to develop quicker than him, we, we took note of some items. And we just didn't have access to the greatest medical care while living overseas at the time. And mostly because of him, we looked to repatriate back to the U.S. And when we got here, we spent a few weeks at the Ronald McDonald House in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, where Sammy was officially diagnosed with autism. And at that time, he was about two and a half. And really since that time, that has been 
the key focus for him and his well-being versus some of his other challenges has been mostly on the mental side, struggling with with autism and all that uh, it entails. Wow. So with that being said, I know there must be millions of considerations that you take in each and every day to make it a safe and happy environment. I know we were at the partner meeting in Disney a couple of years ago and we're doing some special things because you were our MC. And I know that in our minds, we had to consider things for Sammy. So can you tell us a little bit about the things that you do have to consider and will these always be considerations for him? It's going to be challenging, Alex Gray, and, and there's a saying in the autism community that if you know one child with autism, then you know one child with autism. <laughs> the spectrum is very big, and there are children and adults who fall on a variety of places on that spectrum. And as you're raising your child and, and working with him and their doctors and the team, is trying to figure out where exactly may your child be on, on that spectrum because things that some people with autism have challenges with, others don't. Sometimes they excel in those other items. So it's very unfortunate that we don't have a standard care plan of, oh, we have now been diagnosed with autism. These are the exact things that we need to tackle. And so for Sammy personally, some of these challenges change over time. Some have been a little bit constant. He does have uh, some sensory issues to certain sounds as well as certain lights where for one reason or another, he may make a decision, we're not going in that place, that mm-hmm. restaurant, whatever it may be, because of something that we may not hear or see at all. But make no mistake, we've made note, we will not be going to Joe's Tavern to eat lunch anymore or wherever the place may be. And so sensory is a big thing. He's not as stringent in having a schedule. He's fairly flexible and adaptable, so that's a, a very positive with him. The other thing I would say is he was nonverbal until about six years old. And so his verbal ability even now is limited. And so just communication to make sure, do we really understand what his needs are? Is he able to communicate what they are? And can he comprehend or is it just a communication issue? And some of those are coming to light. He's getting a little bit older, but I would say sensory communication are are two key items. And the third would probably be just social awareness. He, He doesn't have that social awareness intact. And so he doesn't really necessarily have a filter. He may say things that are on top of his mind. And I can promise you, after knowing him, <laughs> are met with pure innocence. Right? Uh-huh. But to him, he's just going to come out and you may not know what those words may be. So those are the focuses that we have. So as a father of a child with disabilities, you're probably really hypersensitive to how people with disabilities are treated. So from your perspective, what are ways that people can be more inclusive in the workplace? Uh, great question. You know, to be honest, before having uh, Sammy, I'm not sure I would have known him much. He's taught me a lot of things, and uh, you know, some of those are patience. Patience is a big thing, and I think that's something that we need in the workplace. Most people with a disability, whether that be physical or mental, need perhaps a little bit more patience on certain items. And you know, we can sometimes maybe offend people because of moving a little bit too quickly or thinking too quickly, acting too quickly without having the patience to say, hey, is this impacting them? Is this offending them? Is this making their lives a little bit more difficult unknowingly? So patience is one. And then the second one I would just say is inclusivity. You know, Matt mentioned at the partner meeting this past year in Nashville and talking about some of our IND efforts. And he mentioned if it was our child who was maybe being left out. Mm -hmm. And that resonated with me because I don't think I had put that into the workplace Uh, Per se, I live it every day with my child as he goes to school, and I think whether or not he's going to be included or 
if anyone will sit with him at the lunch table. And so I thought to myself, whatever it may be, just in the workplace, not only with disabilities, but other inclusion and diversity efforts, you know, being inclusive is, is huge and reaching out to, to people and getting a little bit maybe outside of your norm and including them in what you do. Those are great pieces of advice. And I have thought about what Matt said as well several times since he mentioned it at the partner meeting. So just a minute ago, you mentioned that you've learned a lot from Sammy. So I can't help but ask, what's a great lesson? And I must say, this is like no other child. I learn lessons from my crazy little five-year-old every day. But what would you say is a great lesson that you've learned from him? Oh, yeah, that's a fantastic uh, follow-up question. And I would say that I could probably have a, a new answer for you, as, as most parents could, any, any given month. Right off with this one, I would say, number one would be his inability to judge a book by its cover. Per se, he doesn't care if you're big or small, black or white, rich or poor. He doesn't care what clothes you wear. He doesn't care what car you drive. If he likes you, he likes you because you're kind, because he makes he feels comfortable. You make him happy. None of these other material things matter. And sometimes I think to myself, like, wow, I would love to maybe have that same lens because we sometimes unconsciously begin to, quote, unquote, judge books by the cover. And he just doesn't have that human flaw that most of us have. The second thing I would say is you can do a lot more sometimes with no voice than you can with a voice. As I mentioned, he, he didn't speak until he was uh, six years old. And I, as you mentioned, being the MC and here being on this call, <laughs> usually never shy away from using my voice. And the impact that he's had on my life and everyone's life really that he's been a part of has been way more significant than anything I could do with a voice. And so I just have to look at him and I'm in awe sometimes of what he's been able to achieve. And he may not really realize it yet as he's, for example, the key piece of this phone call right now of this podcast. Yeah, that's great. So I know that that what you mentioned was for autism, there isn't just one clear path, one clear diagnosis. So probably predicting the future may be a little challenging. But as Sammy gets older, whether he is able to enter the workforce or live alone or be independent, what would you say is your hope for him? Yeah, that for us, we would say him gaining as much independence as he can. Right now, his ability to enter the workforce is a little bit still up in the air. He's still younger and he's still continuing to make progress. It would be unlikely in today's environment that he may be able to secure full-time employment, but there's many organizations. Uh, for example, Delta Airlines has come out with something specifically targeting some individuals with autism and certain tasks that they could do and to contribute to the workforce. And so I'm hopeful as a parent that organizations will continue to find ways to utilize these people because similar to the overall disability status you mentioned, which was eye-popping at 20%, the autism rates continue to increase, and it's a potential epidemic that we as a society will need to figure out a way to deal with and what we do with these people because autism doesn't come with any type of, it's not a terminal disability, meaning there's high likelihood he will outlive me. He 
outlive uh, live a normal life in terms of, of years. So his ability to provide for himself and care for himself is of super importance. So while that's still a little bit up in the air, I'm hopeful that organizations will continue to find ways to work with people with autism. There's certain tasks, even sometimes maybe repetitive tasks that they can be extremely good at and very well and very meticulous and very organized. And Sammy is one of those as well. And so I just hope that as we go through his childhood and teenage years, that we continue to work towards gaining independence, that one day he would be able to enter the workforce. That's amazing. Keith, you've taught me so much about this topic, and I'm grateful. And thank you so much for sharing your story and Sammy's story with others to help shed a light during Disabilities Month. Thank you, Alex Ray, for having me. I appreciate the time and the opportunity to share and uh, look forward to next time. And thank you all for listening to Life at DHG, our premier podcast series. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll tell your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our DHG blog for more great stories about our life beyond numbers. Join us next time for another edition of Life at DHG.